Hello, everyone. Welcome to Kick-Ass Conversations with Louise and Kim. It is Friday, December 9th. Not sure how that happened, but here we are in the last month of the year, and it's almost halfway through. That's just time. time. Well, we all know I love talking about time. Um, we are joined this week by G, who is in sunny Florida, and those of us up here in the Great White North. Well, one of us is in the Great White North, and the other is in that same country, and it's not as white or as cold. So thank you for that. Um, we are getting started today like we do every week. Tell us what you're celebrating this week. Louise, do you want to go first? Oh, uh, this week I am just celebrating today, uh, <laughs> celebrating a tough, long week. Um, and I got through it. Uh, I no blood, no broken bones. Like I'm feeling like a little, um, victorious. I think like I just ran a marathon and I'm crossing the finish line. So, uh, I don't want every week to be like that, but, uh, I'm going to celebrate my finish line this week. Um, so how about you, G, what are you celebrating this week? Um, uh, I am celebrating this week, my family, uh, we launched a food truck this week, so cool. uh, brand new food truck. And, you know, we've just been, uh, excited for this and working hard for this. And, you know, we've met a lot of people this week and I'd also actually like to celebrate them because they're supporting, you know, a local family business and, um, been a lot of fun this week so i'd love to celebrate that and celebrate you guys too it's very nice Aww. to meet you well we're celebrating having you here too that's so wonderful that, and the, how exciting to kick something off new like that that's that's awesome um and thinking of food trucks in december like <laughs> living somewhere i mean i was in arizona for 15 years so i remember living somewhere where we could in december have food trucks still and it sounds glorious um what kind of food truck is it uh, so we are serving Persian American fusion. So it's called Feasts of Persia. My husband's Persian um, and we've combined the delicious, you know, Persian kebab flavors with American favorites, burgers, wings, steak bite sandwiches. So it's really, really good. And it's, it's nice to, you know, Simon Sinek says that there's no business ventures. There's always business adventures. So regardless of what happens, you're, you're succeeding and, you know, so far so good. We're definitely having a lot of fun. Oh, I love that. And yes, I did just drool a little bit. That's <laughs> like, wow, I will be down for dinner. Um, so for me, um, I think that I am celebrating, I'm celebrating the conversations that I've had this week. I, um, just some amazing conversations with some really innovative, um, leaders in the social impact space. And it has just gotten me jazzed up um, about the work that they're doing and how uh, we can support each other and just keep changing the world for better. Um, just keep working at that and, and chipping away at the little things, not the little things, the big things that need chipping away at and, um, and making some big changes that need to be had. So I am celebrating those. And um, it was funny this morning as I got up, my husband said, I know what you're going to celebrate on this week's podcast. You're going to celebrate that you don't have a migraine because I did wake up this morning. So honey, you're right. I am totally celebrating that I don't still have that migraine. <laughs> so it's 
the small things and the big things, right? Um, and for those of us who are joining live, or even if you're checking out the replay, um, drop in the comments what you are celebrating. We want to celebrate along with you. It's always fun and exciting to see what people are celebrating. And if you've had a shit week like Louise has, mm -hmm. it's it's okay to celebrate just being here. <laughs> like. Uh, amen to that. We just need to sometimes celebrate. I made it through. And as soon as this is done, I am turning everything off and I am done. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, gee, I would love to hear about his, oh, you know, can I introduce her? Oh yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> We're old friends already. I know we are, but not everybody has had the pleasure nor he knows her beautiful backstory. So okay. let me introduce her and then she can tell the story. Okay. Go. All right. So uh, G is known for her passionate love and devotion for her family. And I think that has already shown through in the little bit that <laughs> you've already shared with us. Uh, a Filipino American, G immigrated to the U.S. in 1990 at the ripe old age of seven. Um, in school and in business, G has earned the respect of her peers for amiability, positivity, maturity, versatility, creativity, ingenuity, all resulting in accolades such as, I love these, unsung hero, scholar athlete, homecoming queen, rising star, and manager of the year. She helps lead teams in winning seasons, smashing goals, earning awards, and reaching number one rankings. Regardless of the endeavor, G is always on the fast track to the top as team captain, director, committee chair, or board president. And with all of this, it should be no surprise that G retired at the ripe old age of 39 in a highly after a highly successful 20-year career. And she's now focusing on her and her husband's businesses, including this new food truck and investments from warm and sunny Florida. I'm just going to keep saying warm and sunny Florida. It feels so good. Now ask her. and 80 degrees. <laughs> oh my gosh. Not to rub it in. Sorry. <laughs> no, no worries. It's, it's 10 degrees here today. Just to oh my you. goodness. Um, and, and that would be Fahrenheit. 10 Fahrenheit I've converted for the American audience. Yes. Um, gee, I would love to know, you know, as a, when we connected and, and reading your bio, I'm just fascinated by this, this, crayon of a career path that you've had is like a crayon on a paper right and and it's not linear um and i would love to hear about like how you ended up you know retiring um doing what you love what's that journey been like for you tell us a little bit about that yeah well let me i'll start when i met farhad because like i said i i i think my life started when i met him and it's funny because I met him at work. I needed a job for three months before school started. And the person that worked in his office was on maternity leave for three months. So uh, there you have it. But he was working um, as a real estate agent and property manager. And little did I know it then, but I've been, um, I'd be in real estate and, you know, investing uh, up until now, you know, throughout, throughout my life. And so um, that's where it started, property management and real estate. And, um, you know, that was in California. And even when we moved back to Maryland, where I was from, um, I stayed in it. And then I got into this other sector of real estate and property management called community management. I don't know if you've heard of HOAs and condos, uh, but I was doing business operations and business development um, in that role. So that 20 year career that I retired from was in that specific role. 
Um, so, but being in real estate, my husband and I have always had this entrepreneurial and um, investing mindset. Um, and we knew that being employees was not going to get us to the financial freedom and um, time freedom and location freedom that we wanted and that we envisioned for our lives. Um, if you look at our vision board, it's me and him and the boys, if you know, uh, our two boys when they want to be or when they're available together as much as possible. And, you know, creating a life that you don't need a vacation from um, is how we put it. We call it the honeymoon life. So um, when I turned 39 this year, I, I, ha I had also this idea, crazy idea to retire at 40. And so when I turned 39, I'm like, oh, well, I have a year left. What am I doing about this? And the thing is, is that whatever I'm doing, I am fully committed and all into it. So as an employee, I was fully committed and all in on my day job. And, you know, my dreams, which included being a published author, has just been put in the wayside because, you know, God help you know, and God loves side hustlers, but, you know, working a nine to five and trying to grow, you know, a business or follow your dream afterwards would not have left me time to be with family for exercise, uh, for sleep. And so I didn't sacrifice the family time, the exercise, the sleep. I sacrificed the dream. Mm -hmm. So um, I was driving down and I said, you know, I wish somebody would just pay me to do what I wanted to do. And when I say pay me, obviously, you know, as an entrepreneur and as, a, as an employee, you get paid. But um, I wanted to get paid on my own terms. And as a mom, you know, I couldn't risk the steady paycheck and the health insurance that you get as an employee. Okay, as an entrepreneur, obviously, there's ups and downs, um, especially when you're in the startup, um, you know, you have to grow that. So in the spirit of um, giving away first what you want, I figured, okay, well, how, if that's what I want, how can I pay people, um, to do what they wanted to do? So we created, um, what we call angel employment, which is a way for people to quit their day job, keep their salary and benefits. And instead of growing our business, they can grow theirs. And it's a, it's a life hack, really, of getting eight hours, if not more, of a day back to to follow your dream, to to follow your passion, pursue your passion. And uh, so, with that idea, I used it on myself, and I retired. And um, and the biggest response uh, from people wasn't, "Oh, I wish I had the money to do that," or you know. I wish I knew what I wanted to do if I retired. Uh, the biggest response was, man, I wish I could write a book one day, or I wish I could uh, pursue my passion of being, uh, you know, opening up a, a bake bakery one day. It was this, this uh, longing that the response was this longing and unfulfillment. So it gave me the sense of urgency and responsibility to take what I was doing and, and, see if I could help others do the same. So that, you know, that dream of being a published author that I talked about that I put aside, I said, well, why don't I write about angel employment? My first book be about this new concept so people could learn about it and know that there's this new resource that can help them live now as opposed to pushing everything off to later. 
So sorry for the long winded, but oh. so now, you know, now I'm a published author four months after um, I retired um, because I was focusing at least eight hours a day now on my book, as opposed to some authors where, you know, I talked to a lot of publishing consultants and that, you know, they say it's going to take a year or two to, um, you know, get everything that you need to do and, you know, publish a successful book. I did it in four months because I had the time, the focus, the energy to um, to do it. And um, and then now I am uh, with my husband and my boys launching this food truck and just, you know, keeping the adventure going. That's awesome. That's awesome. I, I'm curious because in today's topic of empowering others, it's what we're talking about today with this idea of angel employment, it sounds like it goes very much hand in hand. Like how do you yeah. empower others to live the life that they want to live and to have the income that they're looking for? Like how, do, how does that all tie together in your mind? Yeah. Well, so I, you know, I talked to you guys about it. Um, you know, I have this thing called my, my favorite F words. And when I hear empowering others, I hear a few of those F words. It's faith, it's freedom and fulfillment. So first faith, you know, with angel employment, when we're talking to people, we're explaining to them, look, you have the work ethic, you have the creativity, all the creativity and, and hard work that you're putting into your day job you're building a business already, just not yours. And then you're not reaping the benefits of being um, an entrepreneur, you know, as far as being paid last, right? How much money is taken away from your paycheck before you even get paid? So, so have faith in yourself and that creativity and that hard work. And, and when some, you know, as far as angel employment goes, we're empowering you to build your own business and so it's it's a two-way street. We have faith in you, but you got to have faith in yourself too. Um, and part of that faith is having a, a faith in your plan, having faith in, in God and the universe, and having faith in other people. You know, um, I think sometimes we tend to forget that most people are good. And, and, and transitioning from an employee to an entrepreneur is scary sometimes because you feel like sometimes you could feel like you're all alone, but there are so many people out there that are looking to help others. I mean, look at you, Kim, look at you, Louise, this, this show is to help others. And there's so many resources out there um, that, you know, people can turn to and have faith in that, uh, you know, there's a support, there's support out there to help you succeed. Um, and then freedom, you know, when you're empowering others, and in our case, we're empowering others to fulfill their dreams and pursue their passions, you're doing it on your own terms. So as much as we're an employer during that transition period, the goal is for you to become 100% your own boss, to grow your profits, not just to cover your salary, but to cover the return on the investment that we're looking to make. And so, you know, when you dream and and I say this all the time, when people wake up to their dreams, it's not going to be working for someone else. Um, and it's having that freedom to be able to determine their, uh, like I said, when they work, where they work. I mean, even after COVID, um, you know, there's still companies that are requiring people to commute to work. Mm -hmm. And some people like that, but, some, you know, but 
uh, we found that we don't have to do that. And especially for people with families or, you know, with other other uh, thoughts in mind as to how to have a truly well-balanced life, then, you know, then you also need that freedom to to be able to determine what your pie chart of your day looks like. Yeah. And uh, and then, of course, with all of that, it's really to pursue your passion, follow your dreams comes the fulfillment. So, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Louise, was there something I cut you off and I apologize for that? No, no, not at all. You know, even we think about, you know, my space is dealing with pivoters, right? Like, so folks who are are at that place, right, where, where you were, G, and it's like, how do I make this next step, right? The most fulfilling step. How am I bringing more energy, more joy, more fun, more freedom, like all of those things that are important to me? How do I bring that into my life? And even if, you know, you're not cut from that entrepreneurial cloth, that doesn't mean those questions um, aren't still valid. When you when you transition into a new role or you're looking at a like, where am I? Who is deserving of my gifts? That's what I like to say, because you are giving up your time, your energy. Um, and, and it's an exchange for sure when you work for someone else. But when you're not connected with that organization and they don't support you, right? It's that belief that you talked about, that faith, right? The freedom that you need, whatever that looks like. Maybe your freedom comes um, from a three-week uh, holiday and you know you get to go back to work and it feels really good because you have that security. Like there's all of these things, but if you don't know what they are for yourself, then you just kind of like bump along. And regardless of what you do, you're not going to be fulfilled. Um, I love your F words. I, I actually have, I have an F word right here um, that I look at all the time. It's my little F ball. Um, think about all of those F words that go along with that. Um, because I think like what you said is fundamental and it connects us with like what we really value. Uh, right. And your organization, you're, when you're helping people with angel employment, you're removing all of those obstacles for them to say, like, how can I how can you now connect right to that thing, yeah. that, that thing that's so important to you? Because I've taken away some of these uh, roadblocks. Well, and you used another F word, fundamental. Mm -hmm. Right. And and I think when when we bring this back to this idea of empowering others, we have to in my opinion, we have to empower ourselves mm -hmm. to make sure that all of these fundamental needs are being met. Um, and because we spend so much of our time, and I talk a lot about time in the work that I do with my, you know, with my clients, um, a lot of time in the work that we do in the world. So if we are in alignment with that, we can better, and in our zones of genius, again, something I love to talk about, right? When we're in that space, then we can more easily open ourselves up to empowering others to be in their zones of genius, either by inspiration or by actually creating opportunities for people to do work that's in their zone of genius, mm -hmm. empowering them to find what's fundamental to their needs, and to, you know, come up with their list of F words of, of what's important so that they can live this fulfilling. And I would say that fulfillment is for sure, my gosh, all the F words um, so fulfillment for sure is, is like, that is, that's where the meat is. When we can identify what is fulfilling for ourselves, we can allow others to be fulfilled as well. Does that make sense? Absolutely. 
Perfect sense. Uh, you know, as far you, you talked about fundamental needs mm -hmm. and um, a lot of people are working just to cover their living expenses. And I don't even like to call it living expenses because at that point, you know, if that's all yet that you're either making, then you're just surviving really. I, you know, in my opinion, you're not, you're not living. And, <clears throat> you know, I call it the golden hand. Well, I don't call it. It's called the golden handcuffs. Um, so Louise, when you talk about pe people pivoting and, and changing that mindset of um, employee to entrepreneur, um, we were talking about security. And so the golden handcuffs is that security. You're afraid of losing that job security, that steady paycheck, that health insurance. And, and then um, one, one, one of you talked about focus. So if, if you're, worried about uh, losing those, if you're worried about putting food on the table, if you're worried about putting a roof of your head, not just for you, um, but to, you know, to be able to bring your children to the hospital, if they, you know, God forbid something happens, if you're worried about those things, then what kind of focus are you putting on mm -hmm. your business, even if you have the time? even if you sacrifice all the other things and, and put the time into the, the job. So this angel employment is meant to eliminate what you're afraid of losing in the first place. Um, and then really giving you the freedom, empowering you to fulfill your dream that you really, you know, that is really yours and that you own, you know, because how can it truly be yours if, if your, your job responsibilities is, you know, for something else? you know, you don't have the freedom to choose, okay, this is what I want to do. This is what I enjoy. Um, and this is what I'm going to do and how I'm going to do it. And, um, and lastly, you know, back to the entre uh, employee versus entrepreneur thing, it's, you're getting rewarded, you know, when we talk about time, being an employee is you're trading the time for money. Mm -hmm. And, and you're not able to get income streams that, um, allow you to make money while you sleep. That's that's the mindset for entrepreneur investments, right? Is is find ways to make money while you sleep and multiply that. And so so that's where where you know all these kind of tie in together. Yeah. Uh, you said something like that's so important there too is this this idea of job security. Like there is no it's a myth. It always has been. Um, mm -hmm. nothing that when we give our power away to someone like that or something like that. Um, don't fool yourself into thinking that you're going to work at that organization for the next 20 years and they're going to give you all of the things that you need. Like don't give your power away, right? Keep that power um, to yourself, making sure that you're on the path that you want to be on. Um, and I think jobs- That's perfect for empowering others. It's yeah. like empowering yourself too. You're taking yeah. the control back. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, right. And, and that undervaluing your time too. Um, we can get mm -hmm. stuck there. Big oh, time. Yeah. I'd love to flip it around for just a little bit and think about, because we're talking a lot about empowering ourselves and, and coming into that place of, of knowing what we need and then speaking up for it or, or taking action on that. I'm curious from a leadership perspective, right? As business owners with team members, with, with clients that we work with or leaders within organizations when we were in corporate, how do we best empower others using this lens 
of how we know we want to take ownership over our own lives. So it's almost like, mm -hmm. how do we empower others to own their own lives in this way? Yeah, I think, um, you know, it's really important to one, identify each other's strengths and weaknesses. Mm -hmm. But equal to that is, is identifying what people enjoy and don't enjoy. Because I think those go hand in hand. And, um, and, and so to be able to communicate and cooperate with each other in the in these areas, then you're able to empower that person. And while you're, while you should give clear direction, um, and, you know, provide resources, uh, you can't do everything for them either. You need to empower them to grow in that role, to be able to figure out how to do this. Because if, you know, what's the saying um, as far as leading uh, a horse to water, right? Oh yeah, so, I was like, which one? To, There's lots of them. <laughs> <laughs> so so to, to, you know, to give them some guidelines, but to really allow that person to figure it out figure it out on their own. Not only will they they um, feel empowered by that, but they might find a completely better way than anyone would have, you know, told them to do it. Yeah. Um, and in a way that, you know, they enjoyed. And, and when you overcome that challenge yourself of figuring something out, more fulfillment comes in. So it's, you know, it's never ending in that way. What's the, I'll throw this question out to anyone who wants to answer it, but what's the challenge that people have where we don't empower others? Like what's that, what's that obstacle we need to get over um, in order to empower others? Why, why aren't we uh, an all empowering society? What stands in the way? Control. I think it's, yeah, control. <laughs> control. Definitely. Go ahead, G. <laughs> yeah, I mean that—that's where micromanaging comes from, right? It, it's um, it's thinking that you know if you wanted something to be done right, then you got to do it yourself, or you know at least I I, I feel um, you know bad if if somebody if I complain about something not being done the way I want to do it, you know to me that means that okay then I should have done it or I should have explained and worked with that person a certain way. But if we're empowering somebody or if we're in a position to empower somebody, then you got to, you know, you have to release that control and let them do it. And so, you know, it is that it, control is a big thing. Yeah, man, that is hard to do. It is, it, you know, I and I will say personally, it's hard to do, but it's also I see my clients struggle with it all the time. And it is the number one reason why they feel overwhelmed why they come to me feeling like they're drowning and like they can't, they have this vision. They're ready to move into this, you know, new next thing. And they are not able to get there because of this overwhelm. And nine times out of 10, the overwhelm is caused because they're holding onto the reins too tightly. They're not, they're not empowering other people to step into the spaces where they can really bring some amazing work to bear, um, right? We, the, we, we so often, we think we can do it better. We think we can do it faster. Uh, we know how we want it to be. Uh, and yet imagine what happens when we allow somebody else to, to speak into a space or to take ownership over it. And then we have this opportunity to collaborate and have a new thought partner and to think about things in a new and different way. If it's not the way we want it to go, we can always redirect, but we've also like them, 
if we don't start that process, we're closing ourselves off to so much growth and so much new opportunity that we don't even know that's there. Yeah, the freedom comes to mind, that F word again, where it's like when you give someone the freedom to do the thing their way, right, when you empower them to take ownership, um, they get so much fulfillment and so much more out of that out of that task or out of that that place. And then you get the freedom, right, by letting it go. So now you get the opportunity to spend time on things that bring you more fulfillment. Um, and it's just like this, it's this beautiful give and take place, um, but we get closed off from it when we don't see it, or maybe we haven't experienced empowerment, like, or right in that way, and it hasn't felt great in the past. Um, but to be able to kind of take that chance to experiment a little bit to say, like, what does it actually feel like? When I give this thing away, when I allow someone, right, I give them enough direction and clarity of communication so that now they're doing that thing in a way that feels really good. They feel really good. And man, like I kind of feel pretty great, but we got to we got to experiment a little bit and, and try to get try to release ourselves from right that perfectionism that control place that there's only one way to do a thing um right step out of that fixed mindset um and see what those possibilities could be by empowering others it's such a gift right like i'm sorry like we can empower others but at the end of the day like i'm gonna feel really great about it like yeah there's a selfish piece in that yeah i'm gonna just gonna say I'm going to feel fantastic that I empowered someone else. And then I get to, I get to enjoy and see them fulfilled by that. Like, that's like, like icing on the cake. Like it just feels amazing. It, it, I think the fear is that we're going to, and I can speak from my own personal experience with this. The fear is that um, I'm going to feel less than that I'm going to feel like I'm not needed. I'm not wanted. I, why am I even here? Why bother? And yet the reality is, is when we're able to get to that place of actually stepping into empowering somebody else to take on a, a portion of what we've been holding on to, not only does it feel great to see them thrive, but again, going back to totally selfish reasons, I look really good, <laughs> right? Like there's that part of me that look like, I'm now a good manager. I now know how to work with my team and lift my team up, which thereby lifts me up. And in the long run, it does give me more freedom to pick and choose what projects I'm working on or, or from an entrepreneurial space, even where I am now, when I, and my VA will tell you, I hold on to things much longer than I need to. But when I do let go of those things, it's like, oh yeah, why was I spending my time doing that? That's not something I need to do. And so I'm empowering her to, to do that work where I now have the freedom to do more fulfilling or just keeping the Fs going. The freedom to do the fulfilling work that lights me up and now, right now, I've learned how to do something a little bit better. She's learned how to do something better. And we're operating more uh, efficiently and effectively as a team, thereby being able to serve even more people and make a bigger impact. So, like, there's no downside once we get through that initial, can I let go of the control? What tips do you have for making that shift 
to actually stepping into a place of empowering other people. Cause like we can talk about the good and the bad of it and how hard it, but actually like doing it can be a little crunchy. So I'm, I'm curious what tips we have to give people on how to start doing it. Um, I think it's, it's a vision and plan uh, first and foremost, like, again, it, it's, it's under, having that good understanding of, you know, what are most important for you to do versus urgent? You, you know, we talk about that all the time as far as, um, you know, Stephen Covey's books. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what's important for you in your role? What's important for that person to do in their role? And then again, going back to find out, okay, what are the things that you enjoy versus don't enjoy? What are the things that you're good at and what you need work on? So I think it's identifying first and, and really have the vision, the, the plan. And, and then, you know, you can at least try to follow something first. And goes back to my 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 uh, what I said earlier is have faith in it. So give it a shot first. You know when you're when you're seeing yourself, um, you know the, the micromanaging the person that you're leading. You know everyone complains about being micromanaged. Nobody likes to be mic- micromanaged. You know if you talk if you look into the Great Resignation and years before the Great Resignation, right? It's it's micromanagement has everything to do with that freedom. So, um, and then just having some KPI, some, some key performance indicators to find out, okay, are you moving the needle in your role and in that person's role? And then where do you need to adjust to keep moving that needle, to keep progressing, to keep improving? Um, so I think these are some, some, some things that you can start with. Louise, it's data. That's data. I was just going to say, there's so much data in the world, right? Like you get to experiment uh, a little bit too. What works, what doesn't work. Um, Allowing yourself to like just get started on something. um, Like it's just, it just has to be good enough, right? Like put it out into the world, see what happens. Uh, Right. G like you're even doing this like right with your angel employment. It's like just take a chance on yourself. Take a chance Mm -hmm. on someone else. Right. And and see what happens. Don't just throw caution to the wind, though. Right. Like take that time to reflect. Take that time to see, like, did my experiment work? Did it not work? How do I feel about it? Right. How do I feel about like investing all of my time now that my expenses are taken care of? Right. How do I feel about maybe I'm not an author after all. And here I am having (laughs) eight hours a day. Right. But like, that's okay. But if we're not reflecting and if we're not like taking the time to like assess that data. You talked about KPIs. Like these are all words that just make my heart flutter. Um, But if we're not taking time to do that, um, then we're missing out on all kinds of opportunities for us. Yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, you got to make it fun too. Like you're working with other people, you know, you're cooperating with each other, but you're also, you know, you're, you're living with each other to a sense. So make it fun. Um, and, and, you know, I think uh, when you're trying to empower others, I think it, it's a, like I said, a two-way street. So, you know, I, I learned from, a, uh, you know, one of my favorite leaders, um, you know, that manage up also. Mm-hmm. So, so when, when we're talking about, okay, what's going to make our life easier by letting go of this thing, then the, the other person also um, has a, a responsibility um, to, to work 
the other way. You know, what can I do to make that person's life easier? Um, and if they're not releasing something, that means I'm not, I'm not doing something that's giving them the faith to empower me. Mm -hmm. What can I do to make that happen um, in all of life? And I talk, you know, I have two teenage boys and I, and I try to instill in them, like, figure it out, make it happen um, in a way that everyone is, is um, succeeding and growing together. So, yeah. One of the ways that I like to make it fun is I, I love using assessments um, and um, you know, I, overlapping assessments can make it super fun when we're identifying how we want to um, potentially even flatten, right? We very often think about um, the only way that we can delegate is delegate down, but we can actually delegate across as well um, mm -hmm. and to kind of flatten those structures a little bit more. Um, utilizing assessments really helps um, learn how people like to be empowered and it, you learn how to like what to give to them um, that feels fulfilling or empowering to them. So just because somebody is good at a certain task doesn't mean that they're going to feel empowered when you're like, hey, take this on because they're going to feel like, well, that poop just rolled downhill and now it's in my lap and I don't really want that versus a true empowerment of inviting them to the table, inviting them to be part of the conversation yeah. as appropriate as possible. And even stretching your, as a leader, stretching the way you think about who is appropriate to have at the table and at what time, right? At, at certain times, you know, you can't, you can't have every employee at the table when you're making decisions, but you can have opportunities for them to have feedback and input all along the way. So they do feel like I make a difference here. And when they feel like they make a difference, they're going to show up differently. Um, and that ownership, right, going back to what we were talking about at the beginning about that ownership of empowering ourselves, they're going to feel empowered by the organization, thereby turning around and empowering themselves to become more effective, more efficient, more productive, um, and doing the, the innovative work that we need everybody to be doing across the board. And, and somebody, you know, as far as to feel fulfilled, they need to know that they were able to get the job done. Mm -hmm. So how do you communicate that you were happy with them? You know, part of communicating that you were happy with what they did is not going back to the micromanaging, you know, and to and to pulling back the reins as far as the control goes. So communicate when you're happy and and give real rewards. You know, um, some I've heard it called performance um, punishment before. But, you know, the people that do a good job they're rewarded with more work. Right. Yep. So sometimes, um, you know, you really need to sit down to find out, okay, uh, what's going to make this person feel like they actually succeeded. And mm -hmm. are you doing that? Are you making them fulfilled? And so empowering them, um, is, is important, but making sure that they, um, feel that fulfillment is important too. Absolutely. This has been a really interesting conversation that kind of we backed into this idea of empowering others from the place of empowering ourselves. Um, I just I find it really, really interesting that that's how we got to there. Um, so I'm, what is everybody's golden nugget from today? Like what what is our takeaway? 
I'm going to start because I, gee, I loved when you said the honeymoon life. Like if we just had that in our purview, like if we just like said like, what it, what would make that honeymoon great? And then how do I bring that closer? How do I make that a reality? Um, I love that you said that right off the top because I was like, yeah, like if we all had an idea of what that looked like for ourselves, like mm-hmm. we would, whew, the things we could do. Um, I love that. So thank you for sharing. Thank you. You know, let me, I want to clarify, like we talk about honeymoon and it's not just about married relationships or not relationships at all. People talk about the honeymoon phase at their job, their career. And when they say the honeymoon phase, you know, it, it's defined by uh, a period that ends. Right. And so that's why I refer to it as the honeymoon life is because, you know, the good things, the things that you envision for yourself, um, should be something that you're you're living out and living for each day with no end in sight. Mm-hmm. And um, and you know, so I think my golden nugget um, is, is like you said, Kim, as far as um, and Louise, how everything is kind of it's cooperative. You know, there's empowering others, but it's both sides um, empowering yourself, empowering them. But then the benefit of it is also on both sides. So I think that's the golden nugget is to, that's huge. I think a lot of people think that it's just on the leader, um, both the responsibility and the benefit. And it really is for, for everybody involved. And that's where, you know, team, the word team comes in. Absolutely. Well, and my golden nugget was in one of the last things that you um, were saying, G was this, the part about recognition. Um, and, um, you know, yeah, absolutely. Going against the idea of you're, you're recognized by giving more work. Like that's, it's, there's a, that's what, how is that a benefit to me to, to continue doing that? Um, but this idea of true recognition and not thinking of it in terms of our reward, but being creative about how we recognize people is completely a component of empowerment. I mean, think about just the kindness from a leader, whether it's your boss or somebody in a committee meeting or on a board of directors, if somebody just goes and has a little kindness with you and acknowledges, right, truly recognizes you and what you're giving, that's empowering, right? That that place of recognition is like, whoa, you see me. You see what I'm bringing to the table. You recognize that I have value here. And I'm, I I imagine that if more leaders understood that true recognition, not rewards, not, you know, not that level, but like true recognition is completely empowering. They wouldn't think that it's, it's such a hard lift to do. It's my opinion. Anyway. Um, I'm going to do a, a, a kick-ass collective right here because, they, you know, these are all things that we talk about um, on, a, on a weekly basis in our community um, and in the collective because we're all we're all there learning. Right. It's um, we learn from each other. We're stronger together. This whole this whole conversation today. Um, right. About these synergies and how do we leverage that in our lives um, not just at our work, but how do how do we do that together? 
um, is why Kim and I created your Kick-Ass Career Collective. Um, and so the, these are all like, these are the things, this is why we're, this is why we're here. Um, and so check it out at your kickasscareer.com. And you get a handy dandy little badge when you join us. It's true. <laughs> Um, and if you want to be a part of the conversation, like G has so graciously, beautifully been a part of today's conversation, we're also going to encourage you to reach out uh, to your kickass career at gmail.com. I said it correctly this time. I didn't put the dot com before the Gmail. Um, so <laughs> I get things mixed up. I go too fast. Um, so please reach out if you think you want to be part of this conversation. If you are willing to come up here and just talk about things, even if you're not that expert. That can be scary, right? Gee, you have been such a joy to have on here. What, tell us, tell us all the places we can find you and what you have coming up and where we can find the food truck for goodness sake. <laughs> oh, so the, let's start with the food truck. That's uh, you, I don't, you can't even see my shirt, but um, I'm, I'm dressed to head over there um, after we, we wrap up here. But um, Feast of Persia is the food truck. It's Persian-American fusion food. It's combining the delicious, delicious Persian kebab flavors with um, American favorites, hamburgers, wings, sandwiches, steak bites. So thank you. Uh, and uh, so you can find us on Facebook, but uh, just by going to feastofpersia.com. But for angel employment, um, I really think that it's it's something that could really transition um, and transform your life, dayhustle.com. Um, and you can find all the ways to connect with me there um, and find the book. We wrote a book about it to answer any of your questions. Um, and the book is called... Oh, no. The book is called Day Hustle. It is. Did you see it was on her shelf? I um, did. Yes. I did. Oh, gee. Oh. All right. Well, hopefully G will come back in. And if not, because we're getting ready to wrap up here, um, please check out G. Oh, there she is. Wait. Device is not connected. We're waiting. There she is. Bop. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> what timing? Oh, my gosh. I have no idea what happened. But um, I don't know where I left off either. Dayhustle.com. Excellent. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> we said buy the book. It's on your shelf. <laughs> yes. That's it. Thank you so much. Uh, such a pleasure today uh, to have this kick-ass conversation uh, with you uh, and to get to know you a little bit more, to know what kind of amazing work you're putting out into the world. It warms my heart, even here in Winnipeg. Oh, it was my pleasure, ladies. Thank you so much, G. And thanks, everyone, for joining us live and on the replay. And go have yourself some kick-ass conversations. They're fun. Take care, everyone. <laughs> okay. Bye, Bye for now. now.